Today we are going to continue to finish, actually, our series that we are in, and we're calling it Game Time. And what we have done, because the Pelicans are making this push to get into the playoffs, all right? Um, a lot of us are big Pelicans fans. Uh, Mark and Laura, they're, they're uh, at home in Florida, visiting or visiting family in Florida, I should say, um, this week. But Mark works for the Pelicans, and so we're, we're really pushing the Pelicans because we're fans, but also for them. Um, and they're, uh, they were a half game out. They lost last night, so I think they're a game and a half out now. Uh, to Oklahoma City. So uh, we're cheering them on, and we're also walking through this series called Game Time, and we've been looking at different uh, aspects of basketball, and Mark has been um, teaching us just the basics. We've looked at defense, we've looked at offense, and last week we looked at what it meant to run a fast break. And all of these things parallel with our spiritual lives. And today we are going to about rebounding. Now, somebody, somebody tell me, uh, for those of y'all that are, that are new with us, we kinda, I kind of throw some stuff out and don't feel like you've got to answer, okay? Don't feel pressured. What's, a, what's rebounding? Anybody tell me what a rebound is? You get the ball after the other, your team, some team shoots. Right, right. Whether it's your team or whether it's the other team, they shoot, you go after the ball. You get the ball, you get the rebound. Um, and so, Today, what I want us to understand is that we are in a fight for this ball. Now, today, it's going to be a little different because this ball is our sin, okay? We don't want this ball, but we still fight for it. You know what I'm saying? We still, we still kind, of, we kind of want it. And so we're going to walk through what it means to allow Jesus to rebound the ball, but also we're going to look because it's Easter, at the ultimate rebound of all time, okay? So, uh, let's play that first uh, rebounding video that Mark uh, is teaching us about. All right, let's talk about rebounding. What's the, the basic form for, for rebounding? Sure, basic form is, if you're on offense, basic form is, when the shot goes up, I want to turn, yep. get into you, okay. hit you with my elbows. And I can't get. So I can feel where you go. All right, let's do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to work my way around. And it doesn't look like you're doing anything, but I can feel you, like, pushing into me. And everything's about a feel. I want to know where you are, and I'm going to hold you long enough so I can see where the ball bounces. Uh-huh. And when I know where it's going to go, right. that's when I might give a little extra shove, <laughs> and I'm going to go get it. Okay, so let's, so let's do that. So I come down, I go up to the shot. Yeah, I felt that. You push off, but no ref's going to see that. No. And, and no ref's going to be able to call that. What if I go this way, though? Same thing. Yeah, and by the time I can get around you, it's too late. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, what do you do? Boxing out. It's, that's your basic box out. You're making, basic a, box out. you're making a big box right there, right? Big box. Okay. So. And I want to stick my legs out mm-hmm. and push as hard as I can. Okay. I want to get right into your upper leg. Because that takes your balance Right. And these are things you don't see, you don't notice on TV. No. If you watch, Omir does a great job. He's not a high jumper. Uh He's 7 foot, 250 though. He does a great job of just getting his body there. Right. And he doesn't have to jump because if I hold you off long enough. Right. I have all the space I need to grab my rebound. Right. Okay. Okay. 
All right, so what does that have to do with, uh, flip that light back on, will you? What does that have to do with um, our spiritual lives? Well, let's take a look at Mark chapter 15, verses 33 through 39. In, in verse 33 it says, At the sixth hour, darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. Now, in Roman time, anybody want to take a guess, and it's okay to be wrong, uh, at what the sixth hour was? Nope, nope, good guess though, it makes total sense, yeah. Twelve o'clock, twelve o'clock, that's right. They started their day when the sun came up, right when it came up, so normally six o'clock was the first hour, nine o'clock was the third hour, and then the sixth hour was noon. It says at the sixth hour, darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour, so from noon until three. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I can emphasize that a whole lot more than I can the Greek. Um, and so, so what we see here is that Jesus is crucified at nine in the morning, right? That's the verse before uh, 33 and verse 32. And then darkness occurred from noon until three, the brightest part of the day. Why, why is that? Well, it's, it's, it's really simple. The darkness of people's hearts have come to fruition. The, the darkest point in history, in the history of mankind, the killing of God was occurring. God is described as light in, all throughout Scripture, right? And he was not in the darkness. And so in verse 34, we see the the darkest hours of suffering. And God, Jesus screams out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, and this is confusing to a lot of people a lot of times because they think, wait, God is leaving Jesus? And what Jesus is doing here is not saying, what's going on? I don't understand. He is actually quoting the first verse of Psalm 22. And Psalm 22 is the foreshadowing psalm of the Messiah's death hundreds and hundreds of years earlier. That's when it was written. And so Jesus is pointing the disciples by being up on the cross. He is still teaching. He is still directing. He is still leading. He is still their shepherd. He is pointing the disciples to this psalm. And this psalm declares the greatness of God. And how amazing it is to have forgiveness of sins. How, what, what would you be thinking about on the cross, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's not me. I'm not thinking about scripture, I don't think. I'd be thinking, this hurts, right? I can't breathe because of the way they have you. It's amazing to me. Verse 35, uh, when some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. One man ran, filled a sponge with wine vinegar put it on a stick, and offered it to Jesus to drink. Leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. And with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. So we still see people taunting Jesus. The man is dying. God is dying on the cross. And people, you see the, the evil in people's hearts here. They're still taunting him. And this loud cry right before his death 
we find this in Luke 23, 46. It says, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. And so at the last moment of his life, we see Jesus revealing that he has complete trust in his heavenly Father. It's amazing. Verse 38, the, temple, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and when the centurion heard, who stood there in front of Jesus heard his cry and saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the Son of God. Now, in the temple, the presence of God was shielded so that people couldn't just walk in. There was this huge curtain that was between where people could go and where God resided. Okay, now we know God resides in heaven here with us. He resides everywhere, but it was still a, a, a fact of honor where they could walk in there. And uh, priests, there was only one priest that could walk in there. He would actually be chained so that if God found, found him unacceptable, nobody could go in and get him. They would just have to drag him out. This is how holy this area was. And it was... It was shielded by a curtain. And only God could have carried out such an incredible rip of this curtain. Let me give you the dimensions of the curtain. 60 feet high, 30 feet in width, and 4 to 6 inches thick. It was torn, the Bible says, from top to bottom. Only God could have done this. It was an act that started and came from above. And so we see this centurion, and, and he's just a, a regular centurion. He's probably seen a thousand crucifixions. They did this all the time in Rome. If you stole something, they would crucify you, right? If they felt like they wanted to crucify somebody that day, that was pretty much what they did. So this was no different. Maybe he had heard about Jesus. Maybe he knew that he was a special guy. Something was different. But something... In Jesus changed this man's hardened warrior heart to see that Jesus was the Son of God. Now, for today, as I said, I want us to think of this ball as sin. And we'll use this one, right? Look at that. Nobody wants that thing. This thing's ugly, right? Sin. On the cross, Jesus boxed us out and made sure we could not get this ball, right? If we really want it, we can go get it. But Jesus is boxing us out. I used to play basketball, ninth grade, second team. I'm not going to brag, right? Came off the bench. I was the second one. I was recruited for the team because they didn't have enough players. Um, and so, so I can show you the proper form to box out as Mark was showing. Now, Mark is a little bit better. He played college, started uh, point guard at Flagler College in St. Augustine, Florida. And what you do is you let me make a box. Look, boom, boom. You see that? Box. I'm like, I'm like a brick right now. Nobody could get by me. Well, this is what Jesus does. He tries to keep us away from our sin, even now. Even as Christ followers, he wants us to stay away from this. This is not something he wants us to have. And so, even as Christ followers, he will... Cause, allow, I won't say cause, he will allow us to have a little pain. 
a little, maybe a lot of uncomfortability. Because when sin crops up in our life, it's not something we want. And he knows that. Long term, it will hurt us. It will destroy us. And so his death killed our death so that we could live after death. Does that make sense? His death on the cross took our place in our eventual spiritual death. Everyone will die physically, right? And we deserve that sin. But he did this so that we could live with him for eternity after our physical death. Now, I know living in a, a, a physical, realistic world makes that seem unbelievable. But if you are looking from God's point of view, who created the earth, who created all that is around us, it's completely realistic. It's His world, His eternity. And so even as Christ followers, sometimes we want this ball real bad, right? There are things that we just love, right? My thing right now is sweets. You say, well, that's not a sin. It's not, up until I've had like five Butterfingers, right? And that was after a good meal, right? I've got worse stuff. You've got bad stuff, I'm sure. I don't want it. You don't want it. But it is a 100% certainty that when you play ball with Jesus, he will take this from you. And just like the centurion, we have to choose to play so that we can lose. We have to give our lives to him in order to receive his free forgiveness and eternity. You start that, but then it's a daily walk with God to say, I don't, I don't want this. You take it. It's no good. I don't like this. I don't want this. Go ahead and play that next, uh, that next video. How do you get it to, to the point, you see, you see these guys going up, and they're at the top of their, how do they know how to get, to the, get the ball right at the top? What it's all about doing? a read, you know, you're trying to judge everything off a of bounce. So okay. if I'm watching it, and I see where the ball's going to bounce, yep. as soon as it hits the room, that's when I'm jumping. Everything's based on a read. Okay. And they're okay. just so athletic, they're going up, they're an arm's length above the rim. Right. Whereas me rebounding, I'm boxing out waiting and I'm trying to catch I'm still trying to catch as high as I can but it might be right here right uh, above the rim right okay yeah me too above the rim <laughs> Wait, I don't believe I can do it I slammed I, I dunked the ball one time actually I kid you not I've I was six foot I'm five ten and probably nothing now but I've shrunk a little bit but at one point all I did all day long was just try to slam the ball and I got it once and I jerked my back out of socket or something happened. It was awful. Never wanted to do it again. It was also a seven-foot goal, but that's all right. Um, so what Mark is talking about here is being able to catch the ball at the top of your jump. I'm not going to do that for you. I don't want to embarrass uh, myself. And so, But he's talking about catching the ball. If you ever watch the Pelicans, Anthony Davis can catch the ball about three feet above the rim. You think I'm joking, but he is uh, six foot eight, six foot ten. But he's got a seven, yeah, he's six foot ten. He's got a seven six wingspan. Yeah, I mean that's not normal, right? Um, they're supposed to be the same length, 
And so that's why he is so good at rebounding. He can get up above the rim to where right here is the rim when he jumps. It's unbelievable. And so what we see with Jesus is that at the height of humanity, Jesus died for every man and woman. At the height of humanity, Jesus died. It was the epitome of the crossroads of culture in the world. Languages were being broken through. Cultures were intermingling, right? Roads crossed all throughout the known world. Access to each other was the best that it had, it had ever been. It was basically like having the internet in the Roman world. I mean, that was how amazing this was. Galatians 4, 4-5, through 5, throw, that, throw that up there, Matt. When the time had fully come, in other words, all of these things had come together to where when Jesus came, everybody, he, just, he went viral, right? When the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Think about that. As Christ's followers, as people who repent of our sins, who say, Jesus, I follow you. You direct me. You guide me. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. I think that's, that's just amazing. So it was at this time that Jesus went up and he goes and gets the ball. And if you think about it, it's actually turned around, right? Because it was at this point in human history that Jesus came down, right? And that's when he was crucified to take our sins. And then for three days, and, and let, me, let me share this with you, okay? It was really less than 36 hours. Nobody freak out about this, okay? Because in the Jewish culture, if you did one thing the last hour of the day, they considered it a day. Okay, this is why we call it three days. Because he was crucified, what did we see? Uh, Nine o'clock on Friday, he, he died at uh, three o'clock on Friday, right? Um, it's not really a full day, but it's Friday. Saturday, he's in the grave. Sunday, he's up and out of the grave before Mary and Martha come to see him. But the sun had risen. So that's Sunday. So for three days, he experienced what hell was like. He took our sin, and he experienced that. And here's the thing. God is God, and he knew exactly when to come and take the ball. And so word spread about Jesus, like I said, like a viral video, right? They were talking about him before he died. Then they were talking about him after he died. An innocent man has been killed and everyone thought that he was going to be the new king, and, and what do we do now? All of a sudden, everyone's balloon has busted. And they thought that was the end. And the religious people and the Roman government have won. They kept their power. They kept their control. Nothing had actually changed until the ultimate rebound. Right? The ultimate bounce back. God the Father pulls Jesus out of the grave out of hell, and back to life. Not as a spirit, but as he was. Human, flesh and, flesh and bone, yet still perfect and still God himself. He wasn't just a good man who died. We have a bunch of those. All throughout history, good men have died. 
And he wasn't just a perfect man who died. It was only one of those. But he was a perfect man who died, stayed dead for three days, and came back to life. And he's still alive today. There's one of those. Just one. And his name is Jesus. Now, this all actually makes sense. You know, if you're, if you're scientific-minded or, or you, you kind of grew up in an in a agnostic or, or non-believing house, Believe me, this makes sense. Here's why. We look at things from a physical and, and our point of view. But look at it from God's point of view. He created us. He created life. He created death. And so it only makes sense that he has control over those things. The created world. And so Jesus proved who he said he was the whole time. God in the flesh. And then, the resurrection of Jesus opens up a whole new world to those who trust him. And that world is found in offensive rebounding. Let's take a look at Luke. Luke chapter 26. Offensive rebounding. You're like, where are you going with this? Hang on. Let me turn. Luke 24, verse 36 through 43. It says, while they were still talking about this, this being... Jesus has risen. He's talking to these two guys on the road. The, the guys don't know who they're talking about. They, then they all of a sudden they realize, this is Jesus. He disappears. They go run back to tell the disciples. All right? It says, while they were still talking about this, Jesus, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. Now, this definitely makes sense if you saw them die. This next part. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost, right? Totally makes sense. You would be freaking out too, right? Verse 38, he said to them, why are you troubled, and why do, you, why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet, it is I myself. Touch me and see, a ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Now, Jesus stands up. He's got the holes in his hands. Now, in, and in the Roman world, the hand went all the way up to here, okay, to the, about the elbow, so they would actually crucify you here so that you could be held on the cross. Same, same kind of thing with the legs. It went higher, and so they would cru drive the nail through in a place that would hold you. So he's pointing out these holes, right? And then he points out his side where... The centurion, a centurion stabs him, and blood and water flowed out when he was on the cross. And then I love verse 41 and 43. I think this would totally be me. And while they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement, so, so they're like, what in the world? Like they're floored, right? They believe it, but they don't believe it. What in the world, right? He asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it, and ate it in their presence. So Jesus shows them an, just another way that he was flesh and blood, right? Ghosts don't get hungry, right? And so he said, can you imagine, take a, kind of imagine this scene. You got 11 guys who are like, some fish, right? And, and they're just all watching him eat, right? He takes a bite, you know, just amazed. They're drinking, he's drinking something. It's like, it's not coming out the holes. Man, this is amazing, right? There it is. It is the greatest rebound of all time, the resurrection of Jesus. Now, let me show you 
why this opens up a completely different world for us. Play that, play that last video. So if you're on me, first thing, and I take a shot, first thing you're gonna do, I might try to go around you. you pull, yeah, speed. you pull me around, and the guy, but the, I, that was smooth where you don't notice. You don't notice. Yeah. So I wanna get my hand placement in the right place. Okay. Or I might hit you below, hit, I wanna try and hit on the back of your leg to just take out your, to really? give me a little push. Oh, okay. Even on, even on offense, on a screen, mm -hmm. if, I'm coming off, if I'm coming off of you and you're big and you're just like standing there trying to right. get back, I'm going to come off and I'm like, oh. to push around you okay. just so I can get, because it just holds you up for a right. half second. And they won't call that. They usually don't see it. Right. <laughs> you know, smart. if I'm bigger than you and we're down here and the shot goes up, I'm just going to try and push oh. you all the way in. Get it, <laughs> get it yeah. over me. And what I'll do is, I'll keep my hands high, uh -huh. and I'm gonna push, just use my strength with my chest, right. and try and push with my legs, right. because norm, most of the times they're gonna look for your hands. Uh, okay. If I push, put my hands on your back and you jump and you fall forward, automatic foul. Right. But if my hands are up and I'm just kind of moving like right. this, right. it's hard for them to call a foul. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. Okay, all right. So here's the thing. Even as you follow Christ, even as you believe in the crucifixion, in the death, the burial, the resurrection, you still find yourself wanting some of this back sometimes. You still find that there's things in your life, maybe uh, the Holy Spirit opens up your eyes to a, to a dark side of your heart, some sin that you haven't dealt with. This doesn't happen. The Holy Spirit doesn't do this without the resurrection. Because after the resurrection, Jesus ascended into heaven, and then he said, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit, and he does. And for each person who believes and places their trust in Jesus Christ and follows him, it's not just saying a prayer, and Jesus, I believe you, done, I'm good. Go look back to living your life the way you want to do it. You're following, you're following Jesus. And when that happens, the Holy Spirit invades your heart. And all of a sudden, your conscience is different. You're sensitive to the things of God and not to the things of the world. This doesn't happen without the resurrection. This is God's way of getting to the ball before you do. He is offensively rebounding as well. This is God's way of conviction and how he guides us, how he leads us. This is how he does this, through the Holy Spirit. Now, he may even... I don't know if y'all noticed that. You saw, you saw him kind of push my leg. Mark has the strongest fingers of any man I've ever known. His, his fingers may be stronger than my bicep, okay? And it, which is probably not that strong. And, and like he would, he would box, box me out, and he would push off with his fingers because the refs don't see that. And it would literally push me back. They actually teach you these, these horrible things in basketball at the upper level, right? It hurt, like he would put, it would dig in right here, and he'd push, oh, it hurt. I could feel it later that night. And here's the thing, God's the same way. God might push you around a little bit. He might, he might kind of push off and say, you don't need that. This sin is not yours. I've taken this already. But if you really want it, he'll get it to you. He'll let you have it. But he doesn't want you to take this ball back. This ball's ugly. This sin is ugly. So when you realize you have sin in your life, let him take the rebound. 
He took the sin, your sin on the cross. He defeated it in the grave. And He defeated death completely in the resurrection. And that's something that we will never defeat, death. You can actually beat taxes, right? Only, only thing you can't avoid is death and taxes. If you live in Abu Dhabi, you're not taxed. They pay you like $80,000 a year or something like that because they live on oil. But you can't avoid death. And at death, for those who trust in Jesus and place their trust in Him, our soul goes to be with Him in heaven only because we have no more sin. You may be thinking, wait a minute, I have sin. No, you don't. Because Jesus took it. And it's his. And so we choose whether we believe all of this. We choose whether we place our trust in him and follow him with our lives.